there's some things, fundamental things, that tackling, takeaways, ball disruption, and pursuit. And that's what we're going to be about. Tackling, takeaways, ball disruption. You, know, you have to be a good tackling defense to be a good defense. Takeaways are the number one way to limit points. Uh, ball disruption is um, making the offense play not on time. You know, we're, we're, we're taking away a, a running lane or making a ball bounce or disrupting the quarterback. And then pursuit, you know, we'll put our guys in the best positions for them to have success. And then ultimately we will have success on defense and as a team. Style of defense that runs the ball, you know, that goes and hunts the ball, you know, and just put the pressure on the offense. You know, that's just what that, that we feel that we can bring. It's just the style that we want to play. And so uh, we feel that, you know, when we talk to, to uh, Coach Peterson and, you know, compliments what we're doing on offense. And, and we want to be very complimentary to the other side of the ball and, and um, you know, get them the ball as much as possible. And Trevor, and, you know, because they've got a lot of talent over there and they're very good. And so, look, we just want to do our job and get the ball back to them. Uh, as many times as possible. And when we do that, we'll win a lot of games. 1010XL 92.5 FM presents Jaguars Today with your hosts, Mike Dempsey, Tony Smith, and Dylan Denmark. All right, good morning, everybody. I suppose happy President's Day for those who celebrate. Uh, If you've got the day off, that's celebration enough right there. It's a federal holiday, Tony. It is. Nobody told us about that. Uh, That's okay. You know what? In the big picture, we get off early enough. I think it more than makes up for the fact that we're here on President's Day. So for sure. Happy yeah. to be here on President's Day. Honestly, I'm happy to have a nice, uh, easy commute day in. There are a lot less cars on the road this morning, I'll tell you that. No doubt. Everybody taking advantage of a day to sleep in. What did you do with your first non-football weekend in a while? I guess there's no football the week prior to the Super Bowl as well, unless you count that Pro Bowl mess that they have. You know what I mean. No real football. No, I hear you. Um, yeah. Any sports on the agenda for you this weekend? Uh, yeah, it was the opening weekend of college baseball. Oh, across still the country. my heart. How did I miss that pocket? So, I yeah, I was watching the Vandy boys. Okay. Two and one this weekend against Florida Atlantic to get the season started. All right. Is that, I guess, I don't know if Florida Atlantic's any good, but college baseball is weird. Like, they were all right. They, yeah, they seem like they were all right. right Vandy's like, a top 10 team again. Small programs yeah. can beat big programs, especially when you're playing a multi game series like that. Uh, pockets, any sports activity for you this uh, weekend? Little golf, little yeah. NBA. I mean, like very little. I didn't watch. I think I flipped over to the NBA All Star weekend a couple of times Saturday night, and it was on commercial, and I didn't <laughs> go back. You know, it was like I would have. Wanted to see maybe a little bit of the dunk contest. That's about mm-hmm. it because it was good last year. But uh, I don't know. It's okay. You know what it's I did? All right. There are other things to do. I upped my yeah. uh, my quota to 45 current fantasy drafts that are going <laughs> on. Literally 45 of them going on right now. People in the fantasy industry are looking at me like I'm a weirdo. I, well, because I am. What can I tell you? But I want to be prepared as much as I possibly can for the 2024 uh, season. So uh, we'll take a look at a couple of drafts today. Not fantasy drafts, Tony, although I suppose they are all fantasy drafts when you're doing a mock draft outside of Caleb Williams going to Chicago. And even that is not a mortal lock, although I think uh, most people feel pretty confident that's the way it's going to go down. Mm-hmm. I did see a seven-round mock that had the Jags making a trade back in round one. I kind of like what they ended up doing, although in that mock, I think they left them with their original third round pick so you're going along you're like oh man we got this 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 uh we're not gonna have that yeah they haven't moved whatever picks going to be moved yeah i don't think they figured it out it's like pft just figured it out i don't know if you saw the item this morning jags could give up a second round pick if they signed ridley yeah right 
It's not. It's been out there since yeah. literally the day they traded for yeah, Calvin Ridley. I think Ridley. with it being a week out from the window opening, now everyone's trying Looking to catch up details. on yeah, what is going on with all these different teams, like the Mike Evans stuff that came out yesterday too. It's unlikely that Tampa would use the franchise tag on him because of the number he was playing on this year. Right. So he'd be getting paid close to $28 million. So maybe the franchise tag isn't the direction that the Buccaneers go if they mm-hmm. want to keep Mike Evans in Tampa. So maybe that opens the door a little bit more for him to at least get to free agency potentially. But I still think overwhelmingly likely that the Bucks figure something out with Mike Evans to keep him. There. He's been there so long, right? Yeah. He's built the whole thing resume. He's happy there. He's content. You know, you look at, again, one of the things about Florida. Well, a couple of things. It's Florida. It's great weather generally, right? And there's no state income tax. Well, he's already got that. Yeah. He's got check, check. He's got them both. Uh, so, yeah, I saw that too. Uh, that Antoine Winfield Jr. I read they're expecting if they can't get a deal worked out, they're going to use a franchise tag on him, which mm-hmm. is like 18 million bucks for a safety. Yeah. Um, and uh, but that it seems to be the case that Evans wants to stay is Baker Mayfield back, you know, and how much does that factor in to the equation as well? Um, you know, if you get to the beginning of free agency and he's not under contract, make a run at him. Yeah. You know, if you're the Jags, depending on how you feel about where you stand with Calvin Ridley, and that's going to be one of the great big mysteries here as tomorrow is the opening of the window to apply the franchise tag. I would hope that the Jags, if they apply the tag, it is two weeks into it, right at the end of the window, after a full court press on at least seeing if they're within – striking distance. Yeah, there's no rush on it. You know, there's no rush, right, for the next couple weeks, Yeah, right? I, I'm with you on that, but a little sense of At urgency. At least waiting would indicate that they're working on it. Like, like, there's what's the lowest average annual value contract the Jags could offer Josh Allen with a straight face, do you think? Could offer would be just an extension of whatever the franchise tag okay, is. Okay, but yeah. I mean, with 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 a straight face, you're going to go to Josh Allen and say we're going to pay you based on the franchise tag being expected to be around 22 million yeah. this year, right? When we know two guys who don't have your resume signed for about 24, 24 and a half million during the season last year, I, I got to feel like, you know, yes, look, we can franchise you. For the next couple of years. Mm-hmm. But if I'm going to be realistic with Josh Allen, I got to offer him something like five years, $125 million, right? Yeah. Four years, $100 something million. Something in that $25 million and, range. And yeah. Grant, even if he doesn't take it, even if that's, I feel like that may be on the low end. Yeah, like we'll I, keep talking. You yeah. can go in with a straight face and offer him $25 million. I mean, my goodness, right? Yeah, I mean, depending on how you wanted to arrange that money and how much of it is guaranteed yes. and how much of it is coming in the first three years, like kind of th- that kind of thing. It's a five year deal. But we'll give you, you know, ninety million of that guaranteed in the first three years of the deal somehow, right? Between right. the signing bonus and everything else, and then we'll see what's happening the back end of those last two years. Maybe that kind of deal would make sense even from Josh's side to say, you know what, then maybe I'm a free agent again in three, four years right. and do this again. Even if the the money as long as it's fully guaranteed, even if you're deferring yeah. a big chunk of it, like we're gonna have a high salary for you next year. For instance, whatever, yeah. you know, and push that in. If you're getting the money, like, granted, we all want the money right now because it goes to work for us and all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. But, you know, uh, if you know you're getting, like you said, 75, 90 million, and it's guaranteed that it's coming, does one year, two years make that much of a difference? Right. I don't yeah. know. But let's, all right. So let's say the Jags come in at 
even at, at like 24, right? And they say, okay, here's where the franchise tag is. Give a little bump on that because this is where the guys were last year. We don't have to give you this bump, keeping in mind that we could franchise tag you for the next couple of years and basically have you for the equivalent of this for a two-year shortened deal, right? So let's say they come in at 24 and Josh Allen goes, I want 32. Right? That's what Nick Bosa is getting right now. And, you're like, hey, you know, I don't feel great about giving you the top of the market because we don't think you're the top player in the market. You're among them, right? So, all right, so you get 24 and 32. You got $8 million apart on an annual basis. Do you have any doubt that they can bridge that gap at some point? Like, with the deadline being would. in June. Right, and I'm okay if both teams start in those kind of places. Fine, right? And you find some place in the middle to meet. And even if it's not exactly in the middle yeah. at 28, it's going to get done, right? You yeah. think. So then get it done now. I'm with you. Right? I mean, why? if you know that this can be bridged, and, and again, I'm just throwing numbers out there. I have no idea. Maybe Josh Allen's people ask for $35 million a year. I don't know. Maybe there is a number that, that is silly. Maybe they don't, Tone. Maybe they are actually realistic and go, hey, we don't have to get Nick Bosa money. We just want to be among the, the top handful of top-paid guys reflecting where I stand right now at the position and factoring in my age and my loyalty to this team and all that stuff, wherever it is, man, I hope we find out what the gap is one day on the initial conversations. But that's the thing. We don't even know if they're having those initial conversations, right. you know, right now. I, so I, I just don't know um, what the timetable is going to be on this. But nobody that I talk to expects it to get done. In the next two weeks, which is aggravating as hell because I feel like a lot of people think it'll get done by the middle of the summer. Yeah. Well, and with the with the tag being around twenty two million, if they were to tag him in back to back years next year, the tag number would be twenty six. OK, right. So he would 26. get at least one hundred and twenty percent of the so value. He'd average twenty four million dollars. So he'd be getting forty eight million over the next two years. So like, that would be a five year deal. Absolute bottom of where you could start negotiating for two with. years. Yeah. though, and, and then you would not, though, the, some of the benefit of that to the team is that you get to figure this, out how that money gets. You're spent doing it on a year by year basis. If Josh Allen blows out his knee this year. You're not on the hook even for next year. All that ninety million in guaranteed money or whatever that's guaranteed for injury and and everything else is not a factor. That is something, right? That's not inconsequential because it can happen. Uh, certainly, I mean, but again, twenty four, twenty five. That seems like it's got to be the Jags' opening position. Mm-hmm. You know, if you're going to offer a long term extension with a straight face, and if that's the case. I'm not expecting Josh Allen to think he's going to get $35, $40 million, right? I mean, so whatever the number is, it seems like it's bridgeable. Whether it's right in the middle, maybe a lean towards Josh Allen, whatever the case. I get it. You want to get the best deal possible. But part of the best deal possible is freeing up your resources to keep the best players on your team, including Calvin Ridley, potentially with the franchise tag. Absolutely. They got a – that's the – real incentive to get the long-term deal done is that you're not having to figure out some way to get 22 straight to Josh this year. Correct. Right? Like you can spread that out and spend those resources on other things where you have other obvious needs, even beyond Calvin Ridley. You might be replacing both guard spots. You're certainly having to pay, you know, both guard spots. It seems like this off season, whether you're choosing to do that with Sheriff and an in-house option that you're bringing back, whatever you're doing, you're having to pay both those spots 
this offseason to figure out exactly what that's going to look like on top of figuring out what to do with Calvin Ridley. Like, there are other things that they have to be able to get done. Josh Allen being on the franchise tag does handcuff them as far as the money and where they have to spend it for this year. If you could get a long-term deal done, you can organize that however you want to push it into the next two, three, four, five years potentially with Josh Allen instead of having to do it now. Right. The best deal the Jags could make potentially is one in which they pay Josh Allen a little bit more money right now to get it done right now rather than having a little bit better economic situation midsummer because of all the things that can happen between now yeah. and then. You could lose Ridley. Like you said, you can – by getting Allen done the deal now, you don't tie him to $22 million on the salary cap this yeah. year. You lower that figure right now. Those benefits might outweigh the extra. I mean, think about this. If you want to go $2 million more per year, whatever your number is, let's say let's say he's at 32 and you're at 24 and the middle's 28, boom. And let's say even you just say, you know what, the hell with it. Let's go to 30 mm-hmm. because even if it's a five-year deal, $10 million over the next half decade is going to get swallowed up by like one year's bump in the salary cap sure and then you can spread out the signing bonus yes right like if you gave if say it's a five-year deal and you gave them a 30 million dollar signing bonus okay six million dollars each in the next five years you know like you can figure out a way to absorb that way more easily than you can 22 now Or you can structure it as signing bonus you can do it as roster bonuses which that money hits in the year it's given out look it's just again the closer it gets, with yeah. tomorrow being the opening of the franchise tag window, the more frustrating it is because we all know these things, and the Jags front office has to know these things as They're well. Aware. And yeah, granted, they got to figure it out. They got until March got, 4th, and yeah. maybe they'll surprise me. And maybe they'll surprise a lot of us and get a deal done. And if they do, I'm not going to worry about it. I'm not going to say, oh, well, uh, Josh Allen probably felt bad that he didn't get the deal done. He didn't get a phone call from Trent Baalke right away. <laughs> he gets his deal done <laughs> on, on March 2nd. Who cares, yeah, man? And then over. let's slap the tag on Ridley and, and mm-hmm. go from there and uh, figure everything out. All right, so today I figure Josh Allen will figure prominently in the question of the day. It is President's Day. We went with the lowest hanging fruit in sports radio. Went with Mount Rushmore, but – we're doing it only for the current team. It's not. This is not the all time. You know, hey, you know, yeah. Dufflin, where Burnell, we could debate the fourth Pacelli, spot, Fred, yeah. whatever. <laughs> I mean, all right. You know, we love all those guys. Yeah. Okay, we do. Even even TC, right? Some, not everybody loves TC mm-hmm. all the time. I love TC, but uh, regardless, who are the current most important players? This includes pending free agents. So you can include Josh Allen or Calvin Ridley or anybody else who's due to be a free agent. Uh, right now with the Jacksonville Jaguars. Who are the four most important players on this team right now? We'll discuss because I haven't seen one name that's on my list. I have not seen come up now. I haven't read every response in the first 12 to 15 responses. Didn't see his name mentioned, which surprised me a little bit. So we'll get into this uh, today. And uh, if you want to give your response to that, you can hit us up on social media. First off, at MD underscore 1010XL, at 1010XL Fat Tony. And at 1010XL Denmark. Hold my pocket. Greetings, pockets. Have I officially greeted you today? Yeah, you did. All right. I, I said something, yeah, but I didn't know if. Oh, I, we watched over the weekend. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's right. That's right. You watching the 500 later? Uh, I'm going to say no. All right. So we're not going to talk about it tomorrow. I'm going to say, yeah, I don't <laughs> think we're breaking down the 500 tomorrow. I mean, like, uh, at least you got something to watch today if you're off for President's Day, you know? Mm-hmm. It, it, you saw where that was headed with the rain oh, forecast yeah. over sure. the weekend, man. Um, it was. Steady. I still got in four miles in the rain yesterday. Pretty mm-hmm. proud of myself, man. You know what I, I wore for the first time ever Oh, in anger? Uh, those uh, 1010XL waterproof sweatpants. 
You get a oh, pair yeah, of those, yeah. right, yeah. from back in the day, right? Like, yeah. I tried them on before to see if they fit, and quite frankly, they didn't because I was a fat boy, <laughs> but they fit great now, so thank you very much, 1010XL, and mm-hmm. uh, kept me nice and high and dry as I uh, walked around the neighborhood with my beautiful bride yesterday. So, uh, all right, uh, you can do that on social media. You can hit us up at 641-1010 on the All Pro Roofing phone lines or the text line designed by Lifetime Enclosures. Uh, the YouTube chat. What am I forgetting pockets? I have no idea. Um, anyway, do you want to talk Jaguar football? You want to reflect on what Ryan Nielsen had to say last week as the Jags uh, defensive coordinator introduced himself to the area media? You're certainly welcome to do that as well. Uh, we got a couple of mock drafts we're going to dig into. So a little bit of a Monday free-for-all here. Happy President's Day. Hope you have the day off and you're enjoying it uh, in part by listening to Jaguars today here on 1010XL and 92.5 FM. Now, more Jaguars today on 1010XL. All right, glad you're with us here on this Monday, kicking off a fresh week of Jaguar discussion in the month of February. It'll go quickly here with uh, the franchise tag window opening up tomorrow uh, for the next couple of weeks, and then free agency will be about 10 days after that. So it's about a month out from free agency, and, uh, you know, all these speculations on what we're going to do with that first-round pick will get altered to some degree mm-hmm. tone. I want to get into one later on. It's a fun one. I honestly, I like when people make thoughtful moves for the team that we cover, right? When they don't cover us uh, on a full-time basis, because that tells me that they're paying attention. I, I really thought this mock was pretty well done. It was done by a person that uh, Ian Cummings is not a huge name. I don't think in the industry over at pro football network. So we'll get into that, but it's a, a move where, you know, it's interesting because initially when the Jags trade down in this deal, a couple of players come off the board and you're like, Ooh, they could use that guy. They could use that guy <laughs> as well. Uh, but you got to see what they get on the back end. So we'll get into that coming up, but I uh, want to get it early. Uh, let's throw it out there uh, in terms of starting the discussion on the most important players that are currently on this football team. And granted, I think a couple of them are going to be on every single list, mm-hmm. right? Which is why we, you know, the, the Mount Rushmore, it's basically just give us your four guys. Or if you want to look at it, I think for a lot of people, the two guys beyond Trevor Lawrence and Josh Allen that are the most important in this football team. So let's discuss it with an early 10, 10, take 10, 10, 10, 10, take now Mike Dempsey's 10, 10, take brought to you by Leonard truck accessories. Right, uh, let me ask you this way first, Tone. Who are the best three players on the Jags? This is pending free agents included, right? So anybody who's coming up um, for, you know, Josh Allen's included in this, Calvin Ridley, mm-hmm. anybody else, uh, if they're currently under contract with the Jags or a pending free agent, who are the best three? I think Josh Allen has to be number one, Yeah, right? Josh Allen, for sure. What about Foyer? Just in terms of excellence at what his position requires? Compared to the other guys in the league, maybe. Yeah. Um, I'd probably go Josh Allen, Christian Kirk. I, I'd put Kirk in there, too, I and think. And Trevor, I'd still have in that three. You think so, huh? I do. I think he is one of their best players. I, like, he may not be, you know, a top five quarterback, which we thought he might be in right. the argument for by the time we got to the end of this year, but I still think he's one of he's best definitely players. their most important player yeah right like if I'm starting a team I'm starting it with the quarterback if I've got a competent quarterback that I think can be exceptional and I still do believe Trevor Lawrence can be exceptional he's got to be that I think he's got it in him oh yeah 
no question to me he's the most important guy. I don't think he his performance – I don't think he's as good against his peer group as the rest. Again, you, you sit there and you look at MVP voting around the league. It's generally a quarterback award no matter how well you play. Some quarterback is going to win it, and that's – we get it, the importance of the position. But yeah. I wouldn't put him in the top three in terms of, like, accomplishment or where he ranks against his peers, I guess. I, I would put Allen um, – I would put probably Foyer and Kirk, and that would be where I would start with that. Mm-hmm. But that's not the question today that we're asking. We're asking which are the four most important current guys. You agree with me, right? Trevor's got to be number yes. one by by a large margin. Yeah, even you know if if you could keep any five guys on this team, or you could keep Trevor Lawrence. Is that even in time? Like, if you're starting from scratch, right. I could yeah. give you Josh Allen, Trayvon Walker, Anton Harrison, all the young guys, right? All the young guys with talent. Pick, you know, if you want to pick Kirk or Ingram or one pass catcher in there, maybe uh, Tyson Campbell. Would you rather have the quintet or would you rather have Trevor Lawrence? Trevor. Me too. You know, and now hopefully he plays up to that being, you know, him being worthy of that. Yeah. But it just goes to show you the importance of if you have a guy who gives you a chance, and if you th- because how many years do they go without having that guy and looking for that guy, and then you try to convince yourself that a guy who's not quite that guy is that guy, and that's the problem. You can't do that with Trevor either, right? You got to be pretty bright eyed and 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 clear minded about what he's doing. But I just cannot see any path where the Jags don't want to ride it out with Trevor Lawrence for the next half decade plus. And even if year three didn't go totally the way that we all wanted and and expected it to go, you know, for Trevor Lawrence, that doesn't mean, again, I felt like that run he was on halfway through the year before the injuries really started piling up, it felt to me like last year all over again with him. Like, I did think that whatever whatever that was that switched with him, Year two, halfway through the season, it felt like that happened again in year three, and I think he was going to be pushing toward, look, they were eight and three, right? Before all that stuff started happening, they were eight and three. Now they wound up losing over and over and over and over again, and he's part of that. And it's not taking any of the responsibility that he bears off of those things, but I still remember the player that did feel like he was surging, and then he suffers three different injuries. Right, just week after week after week. Those things do have an effect on players in games. I still, my confidence level personally has not been shaken that Trevor Lawrence is going to turn into the player and prospect that he was talked about being when he got here to Jacksonville because we've seen streaks of him being that guy in the first three years. But, yeah, I'm I'm with everyone else that says he needs to be more consistent. Absolutely. But I still... My confidence that he will do that has not been shaken to this point. All right, so look, Trevor, in terms of most important, easy. I think Allen's easy as well. I, I don't know. I haven't read every single response so far, but I don't. I doubt anyone's going to have one that doesn't have the guy who was the team MVP last year. It's it's at a premium position, arguably the second most important position yeah. in you football. Can, you know, thinking about this too, I you can already make a pretty compelling argument that Josh Allen is the best defensive player in franchise history. Like, you can make an argument for him. Not that it would be the winning argument. Or, or a slam dunk. Right. Like, necessarily against Henderson and, you know, the different guys that have been right. here over that time. Tony Brackett, I certainly think Josh Allen's the best pass rusher the team's ever had. 
right? I do think that he's already that ahead of what they've had on this roster, Calais and those guys. I do think he's the best pass rusher the team has ever had. Whether or not he's the best defensive player in franchise history, well, hopefully we'll get a second contract and find out, right? He'll fill that out over the back half of at least his first eight, nine years here in Jacksonville, hopefully a decade in a Jaguars uniform, but it's it's hard to put together a list like we're doing today and not have Josh Allen as one of the top two. Yeah, and I and again, I think that's why, you know, we're doing a four thing. We're try, trying to take care of the low-hanging fruit right off the bat, the obvious guys uh, for sure. Let me look at T-Brack here. Best five-year run for Tony Brackens. Mm-hmm. <sighs> it's probably, I mean, either way, you can look at the first, Five years mm-hmm. where he had 21 and a half, 31 and a half, 33 and a half, 36 and a half, 37 sacks. So Allen's beaten him in that. Yeah. Or, and really, if you push it forward, you can add, if you go years two through five, you add four sacks to that total, which is pretty comparable to what Josh Allen's done in his first year here. Tony Brackett's only had two double-digit sack seasons. Now, guys who played with him will tell you he was so much more than just the sack numbers, though, right? And Creating, I think the guys who played with Josh will tell you probably, the same. Probably so, yeah. right? But, uh, you know, I, I do think... Tony was a great player. He was. And he's and certainly... a disruptive player. Right. He certainly has been the gold standard at one of those defensive end kind of rush spots in franchise history up to this point. Led the I, league in forcing fumbles two different times. Yeah. And I look, T-Brack's a great player. A great player. I think you can at least make an argument that Josh Allen is at his level or beyond it at this point in his career, and we're all expecting that he's going to have another contract in Jacksonville at some point in time to have the length of time sure. that T-Brack did here in Jacksonville. By the time we get to that end of that length of time, I don't think there's going to be any question that Josh Allen's the best they've had at that position once he finishes a second contract here with the Jags. Yeah, I think if you um, roll it all together, I think, I'd call it something close to a push, mm-hmm. right? And I might still give the edge to Tony Brackens because of how disruptive he was. I, you know, for that, now, I would maybe agree with you. Right, yeah. I, I, right. Like, Tony Brackens, first five years in the league, he had five, five, one, eight, and two forced fumbles. That's 21 yeah. forced fumbles in that period of time. Josh Allen's forced nine. Now, granted, he's had a few more sacks, but... You know, the sack create the turnover opportunity is huge. Sure. Either way, I mean, we could... Spin around in circles yeah. debating these guys. They're and, both they're the you know, two best that the Jags have had. Yeah, sustained. Calais Campbell is got to be number three. Yeah, you and know. you know those first four years for Brackens were all on playoff teams with the Jags too. Like he was on really good teams, right? Because he's a 1996 draft pick, so he got that sure. run from '96 uh, yeah, to '99. You're playing that, with the lead a lot. Right, yeah, like he got to play with great teammates that entire time no doubt about it um Calais what a clay for oh boy 21 30, 31 and a half in three years yeah I think you could argue Calais is still the best pass rusher in team history you can't Make you know the if, argument yeah. if you're like if for a three-year run it's undisputed for right now right Josh Allen, well or it's about even I guess is mm-hmm. what it is with Josh Allen so I, I think you could absolutely make that case as well not to uh leave the mayor out cold all right yeah. uh we'll get to the others on our list coming up uh trevor and josh should be on everybody's today but who are the other two most important current jaguars i think that's where uh the interesting conversation will lie today let's get steven nockety in before we hit the break steve good morning how are you 
Hey, good morning. Good morning. Hey, I was just I just tuned in, but I saw the comment where we're not worried about Trevor Lawrence. Isn't he the leading quarterback with turnovers this year? Um, I'm certainly worried about him. So, um, you know, this is the NFL. Everyone's good as is in college, and he's got a lot to prove. So he hasn't proved anything yet. Okay. Uh, I To me, he's proven he's got elite, high-level talent. Yeah. You know, he has not proven that he can deliver at a high level on a consistent basis, but he has certainly flashed high-level talent to me. I mean, I... I th- that goes back to, you know, the streaks that we've seen from him. When you see him in those streaks, it's like, yeah, this guy's one of the three to five best quarterbacks in the league, right? Like, when he's in the middle of those runs these last couple of years, it's been, yeah, this is it. This is what we need to see week to week. But right. I think it's fair, though, if you do that, you got to do that. When, what, what is Kirk Cousins' best three to five week run? Well, I'm I bet sure. it's comparable. Look, I'm not saying that, but I, it's, I understand why a caller would feel the way that caller feels about Trevor Lawrence. I get it. I get that all the people that are questioning Trevor and doing it, I can only state my own opinion that my confidence that Trevor Lawrence is going to be the kind of player and prospect that he was supposed to be when he got drafted, my confidence in that has not been shaken despite the turnover numbers, despite those things, because of the positive things I see from him as well. It doesn't. I'm not saying that he doesn't need to be, be more consistent doing it. I can only say that I am not any less confident that he will, in the end, be that kind of player, which is why I'm still very bullish on Trevor Lawrence. Everyone else can feel about it the way they want to feel about it. And I think all opinions on it at this point are fair based on what we've seen in the first three years from Trevor. They need to, that consistency needs to show up before the people that are more towards my side of this can say, everybody, settle down. Like, I'm not even on here saying, settle down. On the opinions on the other side, I can only express how I feel about Trevor as a player and prospect. Understood. All right, let's uh, come back. Steve, thanks for the call. Uh, We'll give you who we think beyond those obvious first two are the guys that are the most important for the Jags uh, heading into the 2024 season. And it's not all what they've done in the past. Obviously, that's a window into what they might do in the future. But who do we think going forward will be the most important for the Jacksonville Jaguars? Hit us up with your replies today on our various social media handles. You know them by now. 641-1010 on the All-Pro Roofing phone lines or the text line designed by Lifetime Enclosures as well. With Tony Smith and Dylan Denmark, I'm Mike Dempsey. This is Jaguars Today on 1010XL and 92.5 FM. Jaguars Today on 1010XL. All right, uh, Tuesday Top 5. We're kicking it around. It's not the official opening of free agency. It's creeping up on us. It is, right? And the franchise tag opening, the window opening, is a precursor to free agency. Mm-hmm. So uh, we don't want to dig too deep in the weeds on reasons why and why not to apply the franchise tag. We discuss those, I feel, every day. <laughs> just about just get the damn deal done. Get the extension done and use it on somebody else. We know who that is, too. <laughs> uh, but a lot of options to choose from. Give you a little preview mm-hmm. so you start thinking about it. I'll tweet out the uh, the thread tonight. But five worst free agent signings in franchise history. Yeah. It was fun watching the uh, national NFL outlets over the weekend figuring out the Calvin Ridley deal. Right? Like, like that was. I'll be honest. Do we really, like, are we 100% sure we know exactly what the cutoff is? I'm like, pretty sure we got it by now. Okay. I mean, P- yeah. PFT puts out there today, right, that if the Jags sign Ridley, uh-huh. they owe the second-round pick. 
He doesn't. They don't say if they sign him by the start of the league year, right? So do are they? Is that a hundred percent what the case is? That I'm based on everyone we've talked to, right. much closer to the situation. But yes. don't you think they would include that in that if that were? You know, or if they knew that that were the stipulation, because they wrote it like on the plain language that if the Jags re-sign Calvin Ridley, they'll their second-round pick to Atlanta. Yeah, but I'm not sure how much of that was reacting to what Schefter and everyone else was tweeting. Maybe it it's, was. And it's like, we got to get something out there about the Ridley thing. May, but, but my point, do they yeah. do they really know the particulars of it? I don't know. Uh, I I think that we got a pretty solid handle on what the particulars we are. We think that yeah. as long as they don't sign it before the yeah. start of the new league year. And, you know, the way Balky spoke about it, you know, months ago this was now, where basically he had the comment where he's like, it's going to be a third-round pick. Yeah. It's going to be a third-round pick, right? Like, And I don't think he was saying that to say, ain't no way we're getting Ridley back in the building. Right, right. He was saying, we know what we're we have to do to not have yeah. to give up the second-round pick, which would be let him hit free agency. I don't know what else would make sense. What you're going to let him hit free agency and then convince him to what? Wait a month? You know, <laughs> like how would that possibly work? Right. No, I hear what you're right. Wait until after right. the draft. No, yeah. I, I know it seems ridiculous, but that's why the, the whole thing seems a little bit kind of ridiculous on the face of it. You sure. Know, the, the way it's set up. I mean, I and again, I think it. Even if they don't get Ridley back, I think it was worth the effort. I'm with you. Because these things don't happen in the vacuum. They still have control over whether or not they pursue Josh Allen aggressively to try to get that deal done, and they have that control over Ridley through the franchise tag. Absolutely, yeah. So it's not like they're just like, oh, we didn't have any chance. You know, oh, <laughs> unlucky us. You know, you, you have a say in this situation. All right, let's put that aside. Mm-hmm. Um, unless you think Ridley is one of the four most important players mm. uh, currently on this team, and he's eligible to be included here um to me tony the next most important player after trevor lawrence and josh allen the next is anton harrison Mm -hmm. this is a team that we're bemoaning the state of the offensive line how important it is to protect trevor lawrence he had four separate injuries last year we invested a first-round pick. A guy's on his rookie deal. He came in, he started every game, and he performed pretty damn well. Was he perfect? No. Do you feel great about it? Do you think he's an option to start at either tackle position on the offensive line this year? Yes. And would you be worried if he were the starting left tackle as opposed to the right tackle? I wouldn't. On a line that has so many questions, we don't know who the starting left guard, center, Right guard is going to be. We know Anton Harrison is going to be one of the starting tackles on this football team. That mm-hmm. is the most certainty we have. He is a high quality prospect, big investment in him, and I think he's paid off. So uh, I, I think Harrison, and it, just easily for me is the next most important guy up. You know, when we were answering the question that we had on Friday, right about who's going to start the most games the left tackle for the team this year, and. You and I both answered Walker Little. Correct. I, most of my reason for answering Walker Little is I think Cam's going to be gone is the way that that's going to work out and that Walker Little doesn't play right tackle well. I think he's a decent left tackle and not a right tackle. That's the way it feels to me with Walker Little. When I look at Anton, I don't think it's ridiculous to think right now Anton's the best left tackle and right tackle they have on the team. Right, I think that he is a talented enough player that he could do either. I think he's a better left tackle than Cam probably is too, but I don't think Cam plays right tackle. 
Right. Right? I think that's the situation that they were in during Anton's rookie year. It's like, well, someone's got to be the right tackle. This guy can do it. Right? And then we have other options that are actually left tackles, and that may be what they are, is left tackles and not so much on that side. But I'm with you. I have Anton at number three on my list as well. And that was the guy that initially, now I'm starting to see his name get sprinkled in, but the first 15 or so responses I got, no Anton Harrison. At least that I noticed. Maybe I missed one or two along the way. Plus, you're talking about year two, you know, as a first-round pick last year. And like I said, I think Anton can play either side of it for him and be fine, like beyond fine. I think he's actually going to be really good as a left or right tackle. I think he can do both for him. And for a team that has all the openings that they have, I think this year not so much because I think they could switch him to left tackle and draft somebody to play the right side and they'd be okay. But I think this year with the way the team's going to have to be put together, given how much movement they're going to have on the interior part of the offensive line during this offseason – I think that whatever they decide to do with Cam is going to answer the question of whether or not he's the left tackle, and that answers whether or not Walker is going to be playing left tackle or swing tackle for the football team this year as well. But I don't think we saw Walker. He couldn't beat anybody out for the right tackle job two years ago. I don't think he's going to do that this year either. I, I think if they don't let him play left tackle, talking about Walker Little, that he's going to be the swing at best. For this football team, and that's fine if they want to go that direction with it. But I think Anton is a much more talented player and could do either one at a really high level. Well, at least with Walker Little, you've he he can play tackle, he can play guard. I'm yeah. not saying he's going to be your best option, but there's some versatility. They can play him there. They can, right. They can use him. They don't have to. If they got to start him, on the bench. fine. Right. Yeah. If they do, and a swing having a a swing tackle that you're comfortable with. Throwing right into the yeah. mix is a valuable thing to have. That I don't think that's what they envisioned for his career path no. when they drafted him 45th overall. I think that was the pick that they used on it. But all right, so Anton Harrison for us would be number three. Who's your? I, I we may agree on the number four here as well. Who's your number four? Uh, despite a down year in year three for me, it's still Tyson Campbell. Okay, uh, because of the importance of that position and with. A new defense, I'm all kinds of curious to see what they want to do with Tyson in this new defense because I think you look at the talent level, I think Tyson is as good a talent as they have almost anywhere on the roster, right? Just as playing his position, I think he is a supreme talent as a corner in the league. I think the injuries really hurt him last year, and he didn't, like Trevor, didn't take that step up you know, last season that we were all expecting to see. We were having the conversations about him. Maybe he's top five by the time we get to the end of the year. In the league, top five is the kind of conversations we were having. Obviously didn't live up Well, that's the thing. That. Were those fair conversations? Because are, are we putting our teal goggles on to some degree? You know what I mean? Like, I, I don't think that's uh, out of the realm of po- – are we overhyping him in the desire to have that outcome be the one that happens maybe but I think as far as the importance of a guy on the roster right now I there is no other corner that comes anywhere close right and you're gonna have to Darius Williams last year I think played to that level but they have to make a decision on whether or not he's even going to be here this year sure right from a contract I, I got you and I think you're talking about a player that they drafted going into what should be the prime of his career was so good year two year three was disappointing 
I think he is still obviously the top end of the depth chart guy at that corner spot. I'm really curious to see how well he fits into whatever he's going to be asked to do in this new defense with Nielsen. But still, with all those things combined, was enough to get to the fourth spot on this list for me, and I was debating him with five other guys. Right. The fourth on the list for me is Christian Kirk. Okay. And he was fifth for me. You know, yeah. When he went out last year, I just think it really impacted that passing game a lot, having that reliable target for Trevor Lawrence. And not only reliable, Tony, you know, Evan Ingram was reliable, right? He caught 114 passes. Yes. Off the top of your head, Evan Ingram's yards per catch last year. Uh, 10.7? 8.4. Oh, goodness. Right? So it's like dink, dunk, dink, dunk, dink, yeah. dunk. That's a lot of receptions. It's way too explosive for it to be that, too. That's crazy. I, I agree with you, right? Kirk averaged a career-best 13.8 yards per catch last mm-hmm. year, playing mostly out of the slot, right? And was able to stretch the field a little bit. He's not ever a huge touchdown scorer. Ingram wasn't a huge touchdown scorer as well. Just comparing him to... The, you know, Ingram was pretty prolific. And you can make the argument, what about Calvin Ridley? Well, he is important, but he is a little bit older, right? And I, I, I just think that there's some comfort level that Trevor Lawrence has with Christian Kirk. I think you could debate who the better player is. I know Ridley ended up with better numbers, and he also played all the games as mm-hmm. opposed to Kirk playing in only 12 last year. I just think there's something about when Christian Kirk went out just having that guy, it, it was kind of like, you know, Marvin Jones two years ago on third down. You knew you could count on him. You knew he'd generally run the route you expected him to, catch the balls that yeah. hit him in the hands, those kind of things. But he's a better, more explosive player than Marvin Jones was at these relative stages of their career. Sure. So, yeah. I, I, honestly, if you're doing the best four players for this team right now, um, I would have Kirk, I would have Allen. I'd have Foyer, and I'd have to think long and hard about the fourth guy, to be honest with you. Um, And quite frankly, probably number five for me on this list is Trayvon Walker because for a lot of the same reasons as Anton Harrison, premium position, rookie deal, took a big step in year two. He did. He really did, you know. So anybody who wants to include Trayvon Walker in their four most important Jaguars wouldn't phase me. No. One iota. I had Kirk and then Walker five six on my list. Okay, like among the guys I was debating for that fourth spot and wound up going with Campbell and the other guys I was considering were Ingram, but tight end pushes it down for me more than anything else. Like I just the position is just. But boy, it's I tell you we sit not there, to say that he wasn't great. Hard to replicate one hundred and fourteen right. receptions, no doubt, and that's why he's in the conversation for me. Etn. I yep, still had absolutely. on the list, yeah, and a Lewican I had on the list, and like I, you know, talking through it as we're sitting here going through it, it's I don't know what to do with Calvin Ridley in my own mind, right? Because it's not that I don't think he's important, mm-hmm. you know, and I think he may be important enough to be at the bottom of that kind of list, you know, with a Lewican and Etn, like maybe somewhere in that range of that list, but it's maybe this is when you talk about the, the teal color glasses a moment ago with mm-hmm. a guy like Tyson Campbell. Maybe that's what it is for me with Calvin is that I do look at him and say 50, 50, he's not even here. So it's almost like I'm not including him in the calculus. Sure. You know, like it, that's kind of what it feels like to me. And if I tell myself Calvin Ridley's back next year, 
right? Like if they got the deal done today and say it did cost them a second-round pick, whatever. It cost them what it cost them to get Calvin Ridley mm-hmm. back on the roster today, and we were having that conversation after a deal got done with Calvin. Maybe you'd feel Where different. would I put him? Well, let me ask you this. If you could only have one back this year, and let's say, you know, forget the length of the deal, whether one's on the franchise tag versus several years left on a deal. Just if you, who's going to help this team more this year, Ridley or Kirk? Right? Right? See, I, I, that's, that's, I'm staying with Kirk because he's got some built-up chemistry. By the way, he had more yards per catch this year than Calvin Ridley did. Mm-hmm. And you think of Ridley more as a field-stretching guy, right? He was 13.4 yards a catch, and Kirk was 13.8. It's really probably statistically insignificant. Yeah. But you, I would expect, if I were guessing, that Ridley would be higher. In that category. The fact that Kirk is, even if, you know, it's within the margin of error, whatever. You know what I mean? It's it's still pretty impressive to me based on the type of routes that he runs and the position that he plays. Yeah, and, I'd probably lean slightly to Kirk. Yeah, I that, right. And yeah. it, who knows? You know, it, like I would think it play Ridley's, out that way? I don't like, know. Like Ridley's the more likely to be more in that one kind of conversation. When everything is said and done, but Kirk is... There's something to have yeah, in that guy yeah. that you just know as a quarterback you have so the ultimate trust in, two right? Years from him too. Do you yeah. think the Jags make the playoffs if Christian Kirk never gets hurt last year? I do. I do. I think they win that game I, if he right, doesn't get that hurt. That game right yeah. there. I think they find a way to win at least one more game. You know, Can't prove that, but uh, anyway, for us then, uh, for you... The other two are Anton and Tyson. Yeah. And for me, it's Anton and Kirk. Uh, let us know who you think the four most important Jaguars are currently, the current Mount Rushmore, if you will, uh, being that today is President's Day. Obviously, uh, Trevor and Josh Allen topped both of our lists. We'll go through some of yours in hour number two. Coming up also, uh, we'll take some of your calls. We'll get into a couple of fresh Monday mock drafts that we've got, to, you know, speculating on what the Jags may do when draft time rolls around. Of course, uh, they'll all be – worth the uh, digital paper they're printed on once free agency hits. But for now, it's what we have. So uh, we soldier into hour number two. Happy President's Day with Tony Smith and Dylan Denmark. I'm Mike Dempsey. Jaguars today rolls on on 1010XL and 92.5 FM. Everything you need to know about the Jags. Jaguars today on 1010XL. All right, so I just asked you, Tone, here on the break, and then I, I had to go step in the hall and give E.T. a hug because I saw him walking by the window. I haven't hugged him in a while. He's going to join us here in a minute because it's a special occasion for Jaguars today. But if you were in a fantasy draft yeah. today, with everything, it just the conditions are with there. You're in the fifth or sixth round, right? The sixth round. You need a wide receiver. Ridley and Kirk are both there. Who are you taking? Uh, today, I'd probably take Kirk. That may change drastically with where Ridley lands. What if Ridley lands here? I'd probably take, oh, man. Right? Kirk, still, I think. See, I'm, I'm going Ridley. Here's yeah. why. If, he, if, he, if Ridley returns to Jacksonville, what do you think? We, we put that about 50-50, right? Yeah. Let's call it 50-50. Maybe less than that to me. Maybe. But, okay, but, okay. but let's, let's call yeah. it 50-50 for sake of argument. or It's roughly in that ballpark. It's a coin flip. Yeah. Coin flip. I think then it's a coin flip as to which one is the most productive, right? So yeah. 25% of the time, Ridley's the most productive in a Jaguar uniform. Out of the, If Ridley goes anywhere else, yeah. I think he's – like if he goes to Carolina – Look at what Adam Thielen did. 
like he's and I don't think he's got nearly the juice in his game that Ridley no. has left, right? No. What if Ridley goes to KC? I think there are a lot of landing spots that could ap- actually boost his yeah. numbers. We had a caller didn't want to go on the air, but called during the break and wanted us to take a look at uh, Calvin Ridley's one year here and how it compares to you know the seasons that players have had here in Jacksonville, mm-hmm. right? So I took a look at that and. Calvin Ridley's season last year in Jacksonville ranked 17th in yards okay. in a single season in franchise history, by the way. Uh, the list of players that are ahead of him on the list, a lot of Jimmy, obviously, in there. But Jimmy Smith, Allen Robinson, Keenan McCardell, Christian Kirk, Allen Hearns, the only players that had seasons better than him. So take two years off, come on in and have a top basically six yeah. performance. And in, let's see, in receptions... Let's see here. He is on the list at number 18. So uh, somewhere in yeah. the, the mid-teens. But now, I, I know on the drill they were talking about the other and day. You would add Zay Jones as the name and Evan Ingram, guys that had better single-seasons receptions. But if you plus. take all the milestones, the receptions, the yards, and the TDs, the drill was looking at the other day, only like three other guys that have hit those three milestones yeah. with the Jags in a single season. So speaking it's of the drill. Jimmy Allen and him. The, the defector to the drill has joined us <laughs> E.T. We miss you, man. Oh, man. And I know, Dylan, we love you, but who doesn't it's miss all E.T.? It's all love. <laughs> How are you, man? Everything I'm, good? I'm good, man. I'm Gucci, man. Good to be be on with my boys, man. You hanging out in Daytona till late night tonight, or, or what's the no. story? <laughs> you got the invite to go down to Daytona for the 500? Yeah, I wanted to go yesterday, but obviously the weather yeah. and all of that, so... I had an outfit and everything ready. Look, I got I yeah, put oh, an outfit. Yeah, I put a, I put my Harley Davidson shirt on. Yeah. and I was about to go mix and mingle and slide in there. Is now is that Harley shirt just a generic one, or does that have a specific Harley dealership? Because I know, like, I've got some family members that collect uh-huh. Harley shirts, you yeah, know, and they yeah. had me send them from the Daytona Harley oh. place because you know Bike Week and all that's a big. No, this, Big spot. this is like a vintage Harley shirt. Uh, vintage. I I All right. Like, oh, let me get that. All right. E.T., we're talking today about, look, you know, there are several key discussion points, as we know, for this offseason for the Jags. Mm-hmm. Josh Allen, Calvin Ridley, top two amongst those. But um, today we're talking about, since it's President's Day, we went with the uh, the low-hanging fruit of the, the Mount Rushmore. But basically what we're asking is, who are the four most important players Right now on this roster, we're not talking about all time, right? I yeah. think I, you'd probably agree, and I don't want to speak for you, that Trevor and Josh Allen, if you're if you're absolutely if you're including Josh Allen, absolutely right, have to be on that list. Absolutely, who are the next two most important Jacksonville Jaguars for their 2024 success? Assuming that, like with Calvin Ridley, you can name him if you assume you know that if they resigned him, that he would be in that group for you. I'm going to go with. Anton Harrison. Yes. Mm-hmm. Got to protect the franchise. And he's yeah. young and cost-controlled and, and all that, you know? So I'm going to Anton, and then I'll probably – I might say Evan Ingram. Okay. Evan Ingram four for me. Just in terms of the volume the vo- he presented on uh-huh. offense? I'd like to see more touchdowns, more bigger plays, but I'm, I'm going to go with Evan Ingram at four. Honestly, if you take Josh – and Trevor at a conversation, Tony, who mm-hmm. – and you could put the entire team on the trade market. Who's getting the biggest return? To me, it's Harrison and Walker, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because right, they're young. Yeah. And they've shown that the arrow so far looks like it's heading in a good direction. Mm-hmm. So that's – why e, that, that seems like that's 
fairly decent. And, I, and granted, we can debate Trayvon versus Aiden Hutchinson or anybody else yeah. in that trap. But it, it, putting that aside, because it's not his fault, he looks like he's going to be a really good player for this yep. football team, uh-huh. right? Why can't we do that beyond the first round <laughs> more consistently, <laughs> right? Yeah, especially with the, the amount of p- draft picks that we always have. We have so many draft picks, and they don't really turn into anything. And, and I liked adding the few in the move to get Harrison last year because, okay, now we're going to punch back up and we're going to make some moves. And then what they do? They traded back again in the second round and ended up with 13 picks, several of which now are not even, you know, here uh, anymore. So I like the um, – and this may be more of a fantasy thing, but you, you, you always talk about it like take last year's seventh – Pick, seventh round pick and like, trade it for a sixth the following uh-huh. year and just keep right. I've always had that that dream of it seeing if so I can turn a seventh into like a second it round makes pick. So every right because it happens every year <laughs> right where like if you're trading you know if you want uh, to trade for somebody's second round pick this year you have to give up your first next year exactly. oftentimes right, and right. Just, that's kind of the formula you know yep. it's not a perfect formula but take a seventh get a sixth next year Roll. or a two sevenths next right, year right. if somebody's got them and then flip those two for a sixth and <laughs> keep going and start I'm with t- the one I'm, seed I'm, they need to just listen to us ah <laughs> man but you know, did you see the guy uh, by the way uh, who applied for the Packers GM job based uh-huh. on his fantasy experience. They, <laughs> they, they, awesome. Did you not say he did? Like, I think Mark Murphy's the president up there, right? Mm-hmm. So, like, it's a different structure with that team because they're kind of publicly owned or whatever. Uh-huh. That right, but, yeah. But um, he got a handwritten response back, like, thank you for your interest. We think we're going to go in another direction. But that's what's <laughs> up. <laughs> you frame that for the rest of your life, man. Absolutely. All right, so, uh, E, the, let's ask you the burning questions for the Jags this all season. Is it – do they get an extension done with Josh Allen before the tag deadline, or do they have to use the tag? They tripping, man. If I, I think they're going to have they're going to use the tag. Yeah. They haven't done it yet. We, we all – it's all right there. And, maybe look, they still have two weeks, right? So maybe they'll surprise us. And mm-hmm. if they do, then we can back off a little right. bit. All right, so then is Calvin Ridley back with the Jaguars? In my opinion, he better be. Okay, well, how do you make sure that happens then? If the tag is not available to you. Like Are you how, offering him? Yeah, what, what, what would you be willing to pay him? I'm going to give him, like, probably like 20 a year. Okay. Like, I think that's competitive. Yeah, it's probably, I, I don't know what he's going to get yeah, exactly. You know what I mean? He's and not I do a, wonder, you know, 25 the, years old, like the increased probability coming out of the weekend of the understanding of Mike Evans. Mm-hmm. Right. And look, they're not going to use the tag on him. They can't afford to can't use afford the tag it. on him. Right. But maybe they figure out some other way to keep him, get a deal done, whatever. That looks like he's been there his whole career. So it's not out of the realm of possibility. He just says, let's figure something out, guys. Right. Like, but. If he actually does become a free agent, then, yeah, he's the top wide receiver free agent the moment that happens, right? So maybe Mike Evans pushes that money towards him and makes the Calvin deal more available. Maybe, you know, there's the potential for that. Or maybe it pushes the number two. Well, if Mike's going to get 27, I get 25, right? Like, who knows how those ultimately will land with this whole Calvin thing. But 20, I think likely is a competitive offer to Calvin Ridley. I think if he actually is a full free agent, that the number is going to wind up somewhere in that 22 range. You know, it's weird because DeAndre Hopkins, who's the better player? 
at this stage, right even at the, this stage of the career. Yeah. Is Hopkins. it Hopkins? Yeah. Hopkins got nothing close to 20 no. last yeah, I know. year. Right? And he was so, he was so productive, too. And, and I, I think what happens, though, E, is it, you look up, T. Higgins off the board, Michael Pittman's back in Indy, Mike Evans resigns in Tampa, and then all of a sudden, Calvin Ridley goes from the fourth or fifth best wide receiver to the best available, and the best available gets overpaid sometimes, mm. you know? I, it really, you look back at what DeAndre Hopkins got last year, he ended up making like $13.8 million, which is not, I mean, we all scoff at that, like, oh, that's nothing. That's disrespectful. But, you know, for his career, very yeah. comparable and probably better than Ridley's up until that point. Uh, I don't think he's, he's not the same type of guy. Ridley is seen as more explosive, yeah. you know, and that yeah. speed is something that teams covet. But I don't know, maybe, maybe it'll surprise us what the number comes in at for Calvin Ridley. I like the, I like, me personally, I like the the Kirk Cousins formula, what they did in Minnesota, how they gave him a fully guaranteed deal. Mm-hmm. I got a three year deal. Yeah, why don't we do something with Calvin? Like, All right, Calvin, take. What would you take? Two years, forty million, fully guaranteed. I don't know that he would though. You know, like, he, and we got to You look at Calvin, and he didn't ask to be traded here. I know he said mm-hmm. he'd like to stay. You know, but he's never had a second contract. Right, yeah. he played on the fifth year option of his rookie deal because yeah. of the way you know his he career got bag. interrupted. Yeah, he wanted that bag. I, I would too. <laughs> I, I, you know what I mean? I, I like it from the yeah. from the Jaguars, yeah. and I think he'd like to stay, but uh, we'll see. Um, all right, so percentage chance that Calvin Ridley is in the opening day lineup for the Jags? I'm gonna go. 50-50, man. 50-50. It's just hard to tell. You and Big Meech are right there. Yeah, it's hard to tell what he's going to do if he's going to. He ain't going to take the hometown, well, not a hometown discount, but he's not going to. You can take a small little, like if there is value to you in being in the same offense for the second year in yes. a row, right? Not having to start over again with play, Trevor. With Trevor, no state income tax. You're from right. Florida. Nobody's saying you should take five million dollars a year less, right? But. You know, there there's value there's to these perks. things that you don't always. Sometimes, you know, your your happiness is more important than getting every single last dollar. I can't speak for Calvin Ridley. I'm not gonna. If that's what he chases. Ultimately, we just don't know. Yeah. You know. Uh, let's get Mac on the north side. Well, we got ET here with us. A uh, uh, very special visit from our man, uh, Mac. Good morning. You're on Jaguars today. Yeah, I'm. 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 I'm do two switch ups. First, I do got Trevor. And I'm gonna take my one of my switch ups is gonna be Anton Harrison. Okay. Okay. That's a switch up. And uh I, I think E. T. taught uh taught me and I'm I think I'm gonna take uh 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 uh, my, my, uh the brand new I'm drawing the blank. Uh, Evan Ingram? Uh, Calvin Ridley. Calvin no, Ridley. Calvin Ridley. I'm okay. Calvin. That's that's my change up, Calvin Ridley. And this is the, the most the the media's underrated uh, uh, media's underrated uh, uh, offensive player. My personal best offensive player of 2023 for the Jaguars, and that will be Trevor Etn. Y'all under underestimating Trevor Etn. Uh, well, he had a well, great year. Shouldn't we? Shouldn't we be more concerned with his older brother Travis, who actually <laughs> plays for the Jags? Oh, Travis, I'm sorry. <laughs> it's all good. So, no, no Josh Allen for you, Mac? Oh, yeah, <laughs> you be careful. You only get oh four. See, that, that's the game. You God. only get four, man. You know what? When I when I threw when I threw Anton Harrison in there, I because uh, we need somebody to block the triple. Okay, 
My bad. I got to stick with that. I, I, woo, Lord, I'm sorry, y'all. <laughs> That's all good, Matt. Matt, we love you, bro. Have a good have a good day. Thanks for the call. Uh, he he just wanted to throw a little new blood uh-huh, in there. Uh-huh. I th- I, you know, like, um, I think he just one got past the goal uh-huh, on that one. Yep. You know? <laughs> I, I, look, it is what it is. We all know the importance of Josh Allen to this. Uh, team's success in the short and probably yeah. the long term as well. Yeah. Uh, ETN is one of the guys I mentioned as I was debating, you know, that fourth spot. It's can't do it for a running back. Yeah, man. I just had him at 7-8 on the list for me. Um, in today's discussion, I certainly think we're going to see here in the next couple of weeks that they're going to pick up the fifth-year option. Right, on, but on I, he wouldn't surprise me if that's it yeah. for ETN. But ETN, I, I fully expect that ETN, once he plays his fifth year, is gone. Oh. That's what I fully think expect. about it, though. E right, they drafted Tank Bigsby. You would think like next man up kind of yeah. thing, or at least to provide you know. And and look, here's the thing: you can lose Etn, Trevor, or Travis next year, and you could draft one right after you lose him mm-hmm. and plug him into your starting lineup. And there's a decent chance, you know, that if you invest in the right guy, that that's going to click right away. You know, so. Um, you got to pick the right guy. That's that's a big key. Um, mm-hmm. Et, how's uh, how are things? How are they treating you in the morning? Everything Man, good? The hardest part is that four a.m. wake up oh, every bro. day, bro. I dream I dream about your alarm going off. But, uh, <laughs> my, yeah, but mine doesn't go off for another few hours Ooh. after that. So the key is when it goes off, get up. Don't get don't up. mess around. Don't mess around. Are you a guy? If you snooze, you will go fall back into a deep slumber. I am. So I've I done it. So I don't snooze. I've done it sometimes. No, I, I got <laughs> snooze though, man. I'm just like I think you but you're like a former military guy, right? Yeah. So was that kind of the, the thing? Like when did the when did you have to get up for the Coast Guard? Oh uh, oh well, remember I had remedial swim. So when everybody was getting up around seven AM or six AM You've already been in the water. I already been in water. <laughs> like dressed up in the Gore Tex, dressed down, marched to the marched to the pool and jumped in that cold behind pool. I don't so it's probably about three fifty, four o'clock. Look, if E.T. can join the Coast Guard without knowing how to swim, at least well, right? <laughs> I think, couldn't trip, For man. kids who have the day off and maybe listening to Jaguars today, okay, nothing's impossible, <laughs> all right? You can overcome. Uh, E.T., good to see you, brother. Yes, sir. Always our guy, Emmanuel Falloranda. Uh, catch him weekdays with the drill, of course. And we got a new guy, too. Mm-hmm. Dylan's all right, too. Well, oh, we my pockets. pockets. Come on. <laughs> all right. Uh, we'll come back. We got two fresh Monday mocks for the Jacksonville Jaguars. One of them is a full seven-rounder. You know I can get lost. And that will take a peek when we return in a moment. The Chad and Sandy real estate question today, who are the current four most important players on the Jags? You can call it the Mount Rushmore, if you will, of the current roster. Mike Dempsey, Tony Smith. And Dylan Denmark, E.T. says goodbye. This is Jaguars Today on 1010XL and 92.5 FM. Jaguars Today on 1010XL. All right, Tony will take you around the league in a couple of moments. Uh, we'll go through the seven-round mock. Uh, the reason I want to go through it, Tony, is I think they really did a nice job identifying needs for the Jags and, and filling them with some interesting players. So we'll take a peek at uh, one hypothetical projection for what they might do. Let's get Eric in East Jacksonville up next, though, here on Jaguars today. Good morning, Eric. Good morning, sir. How are you doing today? We're well. How are you? Doing all right. I think the four most important key pieces this offseason, uh, first two, obviously, it has to be Josh Allen and Cam Ridley. And then the last two, obviously, um, I would have to say Cam Robinson and then uh, ETN because you still have time to work uh, a – we have time to work out a contract 
for uh, Anton Harrison. But um, the trenches is where the Jaguars are lacking. So you have to find a way to keep Cam Robinson on that left side because him and Server have a nice chemistry or whatnot. And then um, you do not want to let go Kevin Ridley because uh, I don't know if rumors are true. I think the Kansas City Chiefs are looking to um, bring him in. So you got to keep your eyes on that as well. All right, so no, no Trevor Lawrence and your four most important Jaguars. Not, not this upcoming season. Okay, I, I think you're looking at it right from the perspective of contract situations that need to be handled for the most part with these guys. And I, and I get that from that standpoint. Like, you got Trevor, he's locked in. Anton Harrison's not going anywhere. You got to deal with Josh. You got to deal with Calvin. You got to deal with Cam Robinson or at least make important franchise decisions mm-hmm. with them. I don't see where ETN really fits in with that group. Uh, you know, as we were talking about, I don't see them extending ETN anytime soon no. uh, to be sure, but that's fine. Eric, we appreciate it. And from that standpoint, like, you know, I, Cam Robinson is not a bad player. No. Is he worth 21 million? You know, no. when when you can save 16 and apply that when you've got as many holes and you've got two starting caliber. I, I would think you would consider Walker a little a starting caliber tackle. Right, like yeah. you're you're not going in there like, oh my god, this is absolutely the worst thing in the world. I just think allocation of resources, man. I'm going to be surprised if they're yeah. able to hang on to Cam. Yeah, I think Cam is better than Walker Little, but I don't think he's 19 million dollars better than Walker Little. And that's the question, right? Yeah. And what can you do with that 19? Maybe bring back Ezra Cleveland for half of that, and and you know maybe sign a couple of other starters, yeah, and move Walker a little into your starting lineup. Anyway, Eric, we appreciate the call. Uh, let's let Tony take you on a quick tour around the rest of the NFL. Now, gems around the NFL, brought to you by Beaches Jewelry and Pawn in Jack's Beach. The Baltimore Ravens have agreed to a one-year contract extension with wide receiver Nelson Aguilar. Las Vegas Raiders quarterback Jimmy Garoppolo has been suspended for the first two games of the 2024 regular season. For a violation of the NFL's performance-enhancing substances policy, Garoppolo will not be appealing that suspension. The Raiders are reportedly expected to release Jimmy G before the fifth day of the new league year in March when an $11.25 million roster bonus will be guaranteed to him. Kansas City guard Nick Allegretti told Jim Rome on Friday that he felt and heard a pop in his elbow during the Super Bowl, but was fortunately able to keep playing through the continuous pain throughout the remainder of the game. It turns out the injury that he suffered was a torn UCL in his elbow. Allegretti shared during the show that another Chiefs backup offensive lineman, who he said, has a master's degree in biology and wants to be a doctor when he finishes playing, told him that he didn't need a UCL to play offensive line, to which Allegretti told himself, I don't know what that means, but okay, I don't need it. I'm good. Went out there and finished the game, and two juveniles are being charged with crimes connected to the shooting at the Kansas City Victory Parade last week. Juvenile court cases largely kept private under Missouri law, and hearings are not open to the public, so the names have not been released. A third suspect was arrested, but has been since been released with no charges forthcoming for them. So two young men charged in what happened there tragically. Ugh, all right. Uh, remember uh, Dennis Dixon at Oregon, right? He played, I do, yeah. he played without an ACL or at least a completely torn one for yeah. quite a while. Uh, others have done it, and that that's an ACL. It was UCL. Yeah. Right, I suppose. Elbow, right, so yeah. you can definitely, you know um, – not saying it's unimportant, yeah. but 
If you could play without an ACL, you yeah. could probably play without a UCL. It has to be weird, right? Like, just whatever that structural ah. integrity is. And you're playing offensive ah. line. It's like, why does it feel like my elbow ah. is wiggling every time yeah. I try to punch? I, like, I, I say you could play without it until your elbow bends the wrong way entirely. Yeah. Ah, it's, it's the Super Bowl. Eh. It's like, what do I got to do to play? Okay. Right. Let's yeah. take a peek here at what the Jags might do, Tony. One hypothetical uh, layout here. Not everyone's going to agree. And by the way, it's, you're welcome to not agree. It's just one person's mock draft. This is over at Pro Football Network. Uh, and I really don't know much about Ian Cummings, but nevertheless, uh, they had Jackson Powers Johnson coming off the board, one pick ahead of where the Jags selected, right? A lot of people would love to have Jackson Powers, Powers Johnson considered the best center prospect and play guard as well, uh, but he's gone. So in this scenario, the Pittsburgh Steelers want to move up from 20, and they offer the 84th pick in the draft, and the Jags also would improve next year from a sixth-rounder to a fourth-rounder. So you get two rounds on the back end next year, plus the 84th pick, all for dropping three spots. I'm all over it. Mm-hmm. I'm all over it, man. I, I mean, again, if Jackson Powers Johnson's there, maybe it makes it a little bit more difficult. I don't know if they're going to go that route anyway. You know, it might make it more difficult for me. So the Steelers move up. They take J.C. Latham. The tackle from Alabama. People go, oh, why don't we just take J.C. Latham? All right, well, fair. Right, mm-hmm. they're pl- and it just feels like the middle of this first round is rich with targets that the Jags could use in terms of need and value at the same time. So Latham off the board. Uh, Jerzan Newton, the defensive tackle out of Illinois. He's a frequently mocked player to the Jags. Could they use him? Absolutely, they mm-hmm. could use him. Uh, Latu Latu. Mm-hmm. That's what I'm going with. The, the edge rusher from UCLA. I see him mock to the Jags occasionally, but presuming you have Josh Allen back and you're going to get a deal done, you got Allen, you got Walker. I don't know if first-round edge rush is where I want to spend my investment. So the Jags then end up with the 20th pick. Those three guys come off the board that they could have had a shot at, but they do pick up an additional selection. So they go with Adonai Mitchell out of Texas, wide receiver, who – Many feel projects as a future number one, 6'4", 195. I'm okay with that if they mm-hmm. go wide receiver here, if they look at a guy that – and again, we don't know. Is Calvin Ridley back? Is he back on a short-term deal? Is he back on a long-term deal? All these different things. But if they go wide receiver there, I'm not going to hate it entirely. And that's you know not knowing what they do in free agency, and that's knowing that in this scenario they pick up an extra uh, third-rounder and a move from the sixth to the fourth. So then – uh, Adonai Mitchell out of Texas. Uh, then the Jags in the second round take a corner out of Iowa State. TJ Tampa out of Iowa State, 6'2", 200. Mm-hmm. And they said it has the foot speed, fluidity, and smothering length to be a true cornerback one in Ryan Nielsen's man-heavy scheme. Is it a man-heavy scheme? <laughs> That's a conversation for <laughs> another press conference. Anyway. Nothing cheap, nothing deep. A 6'2", 200-pound corner who can run? Is he going to make it to the 48th pick? I don't know, but okay. That's a position of need for the Jags. Then they go with pick 79. Now, you're not going to have both of these picks, right? Yeah. But for sake of what they're doing right here, uh, they take Christian Mahogany, offensive lineman out of Boston College, who they say can play center as well, mm-hmm. and they project him to be used as a center by the Jags. So, okay. We've addressed receiver, like corner, offensive yeah. line, right? Now, we're not going to have that 79th pick. In this, though, we do have the 84th pick, and they take Chris Jenkins, the defensive tackle out of Michigan, 6'3", 3'10", 
uh, as they say, he has twitch, Tony. So he can he can penetrate. Let's say then, instead of having that 79th pick, they just took Mahogany with the 84th pick. Okay, And we still don't have that defensive tackle because he can't get everything uh, in one draft. All right? Uh, the next pick is a projected third-round compensatory <clears throat> pick. And they spend this on another offensive lineman, Brandon Coleman. Uh, an offensive guard out of TCU, and it says, assuming the Jags test Mahogany's ability at center, Coleman could be a stalwart guard with active hands, lateral mobility, and long, well-leveraged frame. Oh, it's mm-hmm. draft season, baby. <laughs> but So you've got two interior offensive linemen, mm-hmm. corner, wide receiver, and if you want to just count all the picks here, defensive tackle with some rushing ability. I mean, they're really paying attention yeah. to what we need here. Um Makai Wingo, defensive tackle out of LSU at pick 116. So, again, doubling down on the spot. Taj Washington, wide receiver out of USC with pick 194. MJ Devonshire, a corner out of Pittsburgh. So, doubling down on these key positions in this draft. Uh, Blake Watson, running back out of Memphis, is the final selection in the seventh round. And fine. You know, I, yeah. I right now, if you give me the 84th pick in the draft, I think I'd do that three-spot move even if I didn't get a two-round bump next year, quite frankly. I mean, to, sure. you're basically replacing the pick that you're giving up in the Ridley deal for a three-spot move. Imagine if you had made the playoffs and got blown out in the first round. You'd be picking about 20th, right? Mm-hmm. I, man, I would love that. I just really love the fact that they just hammered, not only hammered the position, two wide receivers, right? Uh, two defensive tackles, two interior linemen, Corner and, okay, running back in the final round, whatever, yeah. you know, and uh, we'd all kind of scratch our head after they took Tank Bigsby in the third round last <laughs> year. And, or maybe not. Maybe it's just an annual tradition. You know, some teams think draft a quarterback every year. Maybe Trent just wants to draft a running back just because. It's going to be a running back or an inside linebacker. Get used to it. I like that draft, though. I do, too. I do. That's, that's kind of fun right there. Even if you don't like uh, Mitchell as the guy Yeah, I may not there. have done what they did at 20 in this draft, but it's right. not because I don't think it makes any sense. I mean, Kool-Aid McKinstry would be there if you want to go Cooper, Cooper DeJean, DeJean right? right. Yeah. He, um, Amarius yeah. Mims out yeah. of Georgia. I mean, th- these are some of the guys going right after Graham Barton out of Duke. Wow, he has really climbed some he boards has. as well. Yeah. Uh, but so many of these guys, you'd be like, oh, yeah, okay, that makes sense. Brian Thomas of LSU, yeah. who's available. I mean, it, maybe it's not Mitchell. Maybe it's a different wide receiver. I just think that it's a target-rich environment for what this yeah. team needs right now. So um, please let some team be desperate to move up for a particular guy. In this case, uh, <laughs> Pittsburgh was jumping up there in their estimation to get ahead of Cincinnati, uh, which is a dynamic that could come into play, right? Sure. Get ahead of your division rival. So, all right. Anyway, that was fun uh, to take a peek at. We'll come back and look at your submissions today for the Jags' current four most important players. Uh, you can call it the Mount Rushmore, seeing as how this is President's Day of current Jacksonville Jaguar players on the roster, and you can include pending free agents as well. Mike Dempsey, Tony Smith, and Dylan Denmark here with you. This is Jaguars Today on 1010XL 92.5 FM. This is Jaguars Today on 1010XL. All right, uh, we did our list of the four most important Jags. Uh, Pockets, who do you think are the four most important Jags currently right now, by the way? Give me Trevor, Anton Harrison, Josh Allen, and then I'll go Tyson Campbell at four. Tyson. You got so to totally have a guy. Yeah, you got to have a guy that can cover a number one receiver. Okay, that's fine. I, I went with Kirk in place of uh, Tyson. 
Mm-hmm. So I do feel like Darius. Uh, it was who had a better year last year, Darius Williams or Tyson Campbell? Darius. Darius did right. I'm not saying that Tyson for the long haul is not more important to this team, and and I, even now uh, mm-hmm. more important than than Darius. But I think they could conceivably have a guy who could cover a number one wide receiver. But regardless, I mean that lists are personal. You put who you think on there, and uh, I think those are both defensible. Four-person lists. Uh, let's look at some of the responses we got today on social media, Tony, uh, from Dr. Cliffy. Uh, I'm going to assume everyone puts Lawrence and Allen. Yes. So I'm not going to read them over and over. The other two, Kirk and Evan Ingram, approach this question is if, if this player was lost, how much would we drop off? Okay, And you can make that argument with Harrison that, hey, right mm-hmm. now, we got Robinson. We got Walker Little. I get that, right? Mm-hmm. But part of the – I think our calculation is we're not counting on Cam being here, and you've got this young chess piece on the offensive line. The one guy you're confident yeah. will not only play, but play well yeah. uh, for you this year. Uh, next one here from Scott. Uh, Ingram and Foyer were the next two. I, I, again, I, I might put Foyer in the conversation for the four best, mm-hmm. but not a big sack guy. He makes a ton of tackles. There's no doubt about that. And there would be a fall-off if he wasn't here. But, again, there's only four spots. Yeah. Got to choose. Uh, another one that agrees with you, Campbell and Harrison, those last two spots. Uh, Trayvon and Evan Ingram for Claudio. I, I, I'm not going to argue with anybody who says Trayvon is one of the – No. You know, he's a building block. He's important. He's quickly becoming, I think, one of the best players on the team. I want to see another year where he builds on what he did last year. But if he goes out there and has 12-ish sacks, how is he not a top-five player on this roster? Some would probably have him there already. Kirk and ETN. uh, And Will pointing out, you know, with Lawrence, Allen, Kirk, and ETN, if they're all healthy, we're playoff hunt ready. Don't necessarily disagree with that either. I just think you can, you know, like even if ETN were done for – if he retired, right? Nobody's Mm -hmm. getting hurt on this roster. (laughs) <laughs> but if he if he if he hit the lottery and wants mm-hmm. to travel the world, whatever he did, he's done. Okay, go give Tank Bigsby the ball, or go. I mean, you know, how many accomplished running backs are available in free agency oh, this year. Sure, I mean, it is a deep group. You might be able to get somebody for really cheap uh, this year. Anyway, um, Ingram and Foyer. Uh, oh, none because they're football players, not presidents. Mm. <laughs> wow, there's somebody who <sighs> Settle down, guy. Yeah. Uh, We're doing a football show. Uh, Anton and Kirk, uh, Ingram and Kirk. I'm trying to see if there are any real outliers here. I, I think we've basically, for the most part, people had Kirk, Ingram, or ETN on the mm-hmm. offensive side, or Anton on the offensive side, I guess. Did we get? We didn't get much cam, but m- might have got some. So there were like five guys there defensively. You got Trayvon, you got Foyer, you got Tyson. Basically, I don't I think I'm missing. Oh, somebody did mention Cisco as well. I saw. I thought. <sighs> yeah, not in that kind of range. Nah, not no. for me. I mean, I think he's a good player and a developing player. I right, hope he. You know, yeah. in, in terms of guys who are going to get another contract with the Jags. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, right. I mean, in terms of guys who are going to get another contract with the Jags, uh, still start with Trevor and Josh Allen, right? Even if Josh Allen's is a one-year deal, he's going to get another contract with the Jags mm-hmm. um, on the franchise tag or otherwise. But 
beyond those two guys. What is an offer that they'd be willing to make to Tyson Campbell look like? I don't know. And this year is the big determining factor in that. Right. I mean, they're going to want him back, but again, right. Like, like Trayvon is going to be a guy that, like, by the time Trayvon gets his next big deal, let's say he plays two more years, right? Mm Mm-hmm. You, know, you could be looking at it like you're you're starting to look at well, okay, how long can we pay Josh Allen and Trayvon Walker? Yeah, big money. Trayvon is ripe for picking up the option and letting it play out as long as that's going to be, and then we'll figure out what we're going to do with him and Allen. Well, how do we pay both of them? Like that's what that feels well, like. To th- me right, already. that's assuming you're you're paying Allen on a big money deal. Yeah, that for at least the next three years, and then you'd have that fifth year option. Although. Really, what the benefit would be, sign Trayvon to an extension, lower that cap number, even from the fifth-year option number potentially, Could right, and, yeah. and have him locked up for the long term. Let's presume that he continues on a good upward trajectory uh, as far as that goes. All right, what do we settle on for the uh, – we're doing uh, four worst free agent signings tomorrow? I believe that was – yeah. That's the, the Tuesday top five. Worst free agent signings – in Jaguars history. Unfortunately, that's a deep pool to draw from right there. Like, Pockets was reading through some names earlier. I'm like, yep, yep. And every time he said one, I'm like, he's got to be there. He's got to be there. Uh, I've got currently, I think, 16 guys in my top four. Mm-hmm. So, see if we can whittle that down to an actual four for tomorrow. But we'll post that later on today. Uh, if you want to get started thinking about that, you certainly can. Our Tuesday top five, four, or five worst, excuse me, uh, free agent signings in Jacksonville Jaguar history. And let's hope that they don't add any new names to that list this year. All right. Uh, Mike Dempsey, Tony Smith, Dylan Denmark calling it a day. Let's welcome in XL primetime. Now, the two-minute drill brought to you by Tire Outlet. Tire Outlet is now hiring. Visit tireoutlet.com slash careers. Equal opportunity employer. All right. Uh, somebody you like that mock enough uh, to offer the GM job. To the guy, uh, Ian Cummings over there. It was pretty well done, I thought. Uh, nailing Jaguar needs uh, mm-hmm. with good players and a nice little move back, you know, in, in the uh, world of the fake football mocks. Uh, we kind of <laughs> like it uh, as far as that goes. Joe C is here with us. What's uh, going on? Good. Well, good morning still. Yeah, yeah. I had to, had to look. It's just before noon. How are you? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. Uh, I know everyone out there is probably celebrating a little President's Day. So out and about, the streets are a little light. Today. Yeah, I don't know if anyone celebrates president's day other than day off right yeah here's how they do it the day off or they have to go buy a mattress or a piece of furniture something Ah, like that they're a big president's day sale that's true that's true see those when we were kids like have you ever been motivated like president's day coming up gonna make sure i save my money cash in on whatever that's not you know there there are enough other i'm a uh super distant relative of andrew jackson nice somehow He's way back on right. the bloodline. I'm That's not even sure cool. where. Yeah. That's yeah. pretty cool. I like that. Um, anyway, I don't know where I was going with uh, with all that. Yeah. We, oh, when I was a kid, it was cool. But the one thing I remember about President's Day, sometimes you had somebody come into your class, you know, mm-hmm. from outside. And it was right. always something different. So you're like, right. oh, what is yeah. this going to be? And they taught us as kids how to draw George Washington and Abraham Lincoln. Like there were like a certain thing, like if you put lines like like and mm-hmm. all of a sudden you start to see that face come out oh, of the paper. Cool. And it yeah. was really as cool a kid, as a kid, yeah, yeah. right? Like yeah. to do that. Now I couldn't remember uh, anything <laughs> about it to this day, but that's the one thing I remember about President's Day, other than everyone else in the building gets a day off. Yeah. 
but the on-air people. Hey, look, we got to bring it right now. That's all right. You know yeah. what, Joe? I think we got it pretty good. Yes, we do. So let's not complain. What are you bringing to the table today? Well, we'll definitely look back at all the other good sports that took place over the weekend. Hideki Matsuyama winning at Riviera was pretty special, and uh, he's getting uh, in a position where he might be able to come to the players. Remember, when the pandemic hit and it was canceled, he was leading that's the, right. After the first day, remember, he we went out and shot him, I believe, a little 63. Anyway, so we'll look back. at it, it, What a waste of an all-star game in the NBA. So we'll look back. I don't, I'm not even going to pretend to try and fix the NBA. I don't care. But still, 200 points. I don't points. know what you do, man. Yeah, 200 I mean, points in a but, game by right. one team? Uh, hey, look, I, it's... You know, as, as long as we have the money continuing to increase. We're at the point yeah. now, like, what's right. the point of going out and getting hurt in an all-star game? Yeah. Why, yeah. And why would you, if they're showing up, they put on a show, because they did put on a show. Right. Slam dunk, three-point. I, I, I love all that. Same thing with the Pro Bowl. As bad as it is, let them show up and have a good time and let the fans be able to be there to see it. I, I, I guess yeah. I just kind of resign myself. Skills to contests really are more interesting in, than a, an all-star game. Yeah. You know, the way that they play them now. You know, like yeah, the, and we the need, Major League All-Star game is the only one that still feels like it's a game. Yeah, it still has a fabric of, to it. To any degree. Yeah. And even that, it's not that big a deal. You yeah. know, we were talking about uh, one day we're going to do top five things we miss about sports, mm-hmm. right? Like that haven't been around for a while. And honestly, I miss the pre-cable days mm-hmm. of watching baseball because the All-Star game meant something huge to yeah. me. Like yeah. when we were kids, Joe, you'd see – Saturday game of the week, maybe a Monday game of the week. Right. Right. And that's it. Yeah. Literally two games. And then you, TBS comes along in WGN. But if you were not fans of the Braves and, and the Cubs, you yeah. weren't you, seeing your luck. team. No. You never see the Mariners play. Yeah. Ever. Those yeah. Never. Tw- the yeah. 20 markets, you never got to see those players. It's like, he's an all-star and from they, where? And that's they, awesome. they'd yeah. show the, yeah. and they'd line up on the baselines, yeah. uniform. And I, I just, as a kid, I was like, oh my gosh. It to was, see that, it was, it, was, it was a moment, you yeah. know? It like, was tops. Heck, you can go back and remember, Alex Rodriguez was considered the forgotten one because he was out in the great Northwest Seattle. Yeah, I tried not see him had to go sign the big contract. Remember how big that was when he went to Texas? Oh, yeah. what was it was a quarter of a billion two, dollars two, and everyone was fainting. Right. Yeah. Two fifty. Yeah. yeah. Everyone yeah. was fainting. I, I, I would have done it too. I would have <laughs> been all over the Texas yeah, Rangers yeah. if I were Alex Rodriguez yeah. back in the day. Exactly. So. Get me out. So anyway, we'll be talking a bunch of college football. You're, you're coming into, believe it or not, the beginning of spring practices will be coming up soon, so we'll jump into all that stuff. All right, Joey, have a good show. All right, fellas. Appreciate you. We'll be listening on that uh, less congested ride home on mm-hmm. President's Day. Do like that. All right, uh, so tomorrow, top five worst free agent signings in Jacksonville Jaguar history will be the background of the show, and uh, we'll have the franchise tag uh, window opening up tomorrow at around 4 o'clock. So don't expect it to be utilized quickly by the Jags. Boy, if it is, it's just it, – it, how depressing would that be, mm-hmm. right? If they Like, you're not even going to try in the next two weeks yeah. to move closer towards a long-term deal? Again, I don't expect that to happen. I don't expect – if the Jags use it, I think it'll be, you know, in the last handful of days. I would think, yeah. Before the deadline. All right, that'll do it for us. So for Tony Smith and Dylan Denmark, thanks for ET for stopping in today as well. I'm Mike Dempsey back at it again tomorrow from 10 to noon with more Jaguars today here on 1010XL and 92.5 FM.